0: Welcome to the Mango Times Podcast. This is Fletch, and I'm the writer and editor for everything you read and listen to here on the Mango Times. On this podcast, we're going to discuss anything and everything that we experience together here on this crazy planet. So join me as I talk about different aspects of culture, from great movies to great music to everything we love to binge watch online together. And I'll do my best to entertain you as I share my perspective on life as a husband, dad, and grandfather to a big, loud family. So sit back as I grab a cup of coffee and my favorite dog and quietly make some noise. Hey, this is Fletch. I want to welcome you to episode 19 of the Mango Times podcast. This is called Discover Birding. Now, Discover Birding. We're going to get into this series on the podcast where we talk about discovering the glory of God through technology, through nature, through relationships, through creativity, whatever it is. So on this inaugural episode of the Discovery Series, we're talking about birding with my good friend, my lifelong friend, Tom Slater. We'll, we'll meet him in just a few minutes. But before we get there, a little housekeeping. You know, um, a lot of you have been writing in and talking to me about prior episodes, and I'm really excited because, you know, after the reboot total, we have, you know, this is 19 episodes of The Mango Times. It's not like this has been around forever. Um, And so a lot of you have had a lot of feedback about episode 17, about pipe smoking, where I differentiated the the difference between smoking and pipe smoking. I am a pipe smoker, and tonight, as I sit here recording on the longest day of the year my favorite day of the year the summer solstice it's June 20th I have my Costello poker pipe and those of you that are pipe smokers know what a Castello is it's a high-end Italian pipe it's a it's a pipe that sits on its own it's called a poker and in it I have Pops blend which is an aromatic t- tobacco that I made uh, specifically for my granddaughter so she'll always equate this smell of pipe tobacco with her Pops. So it's called Pops Blend, and it's quite popular. I hand it out, sell it, give it to people. Uh, It's a great blend. Smells like vanilla scones. So here I am on the longest day of the year, June 20th, and I'm enjoying that. But a lot of you wrote in about the pipe smoking episode. A lot of you also wrote in about the Enneagram episode. Talked about um, what your Enneagram number is and how that relates in your life. So thank you. And I just want to remind you, you can reach out to me. At the Mango Times podcast, by you can email me at mangoandy at gmail.com, or you can go directly to the Mango Times website and send me a secure email through the Let's Connect button. Um, every episode has show notes, every episode has um, information on how to reach me. But if you want to reach out, those are two ways, and, and just let me know what you're thinking. I'm excited about this new series. Uh, we will be going back into the Fletchifesto Festo. We'll be going deeper into the Discover series. Uh, I hope to talk to people about coffee, about tea, about different foods, about different parts of technology, and things like that. So before we get to this episode with Tom Slater, I want to share a little bit of music with you to celebrate the first day of summer.
1: You messed up, you read the paper, you accidentally watched the news. You inadvertently find yourself in the vicinity of the blues. Bust your ass to get the good life. You make a habit out of overtime. When the big report card comes, your priorities are way out of line. You need to go to summer school, get to
0: All right, so that's Summer School by Jimmy Buffett off of his album Buffett Hotel. And I'll put a link in the show notes where you can go grab that over at Apple Music. I thought it was perfect for the first day of summer, uh, but it might be perfect for your backyard party as well. All right, let's jump into this topic. We're going to be talking about uh, birding, and and the series is called Discover. It comes out of a, a history at our church, Redeemer Modesto. Uh, Redeemer Church in Modesto, California, where we would do a series called Discover 167, or you know, there's 168 hours in the week, we spend one hour in church, so where do you discover of glory of God in that other 167 hours? Um, So since that kind of died out as a thing at Redeemer, I thought it'd be fun to bring it back up in this podcast uh, in my own way. So Discover Birding, that's our topic tonight. I sat down with my friend Tom Slater and recorded the interview. But before we jump into that, he had mentioned a movie called The Big Year, and I thought it would be fun just to play a quick clip from that movie. In 1900, Audubon Society ornithologist Frank Chapman suggested Americans should count them instead, leading eventually to the creation of The Big Year, a competition to see the greatest number of birds in North America in a calendar year. Whoa! Whoa! In 2003, New Jersey roofing contractor Kenny Bostick's big year resulted in an astonishing 732 species, breaking Sandy Kamita's North American record. Many believed that Bostick's record of 732 would stand forever, especially Mrs. Bostick. A big year! you promised me you were never going to do another big year. Well, that was before El Nino. Now I'm really worried someone's going to try to beat 732.
1: Bostick was right.
0: Somebody was going to try to beat 732. Yours truly. All right, so that's a, a promo clip from The Big Year starring Jack Black, Owen Wilson, and Steve Martin, a really funny movie. Um, and it, it's it's a true story. Um, you know, a Hollywood version of a true story about birding. Um, Tom mentions that during this interview. So I spent some time with him on FaceTime. I recorded it. And so let's uh, quickly get to this interview with my good friend Tom Slater. All right. So for the introduction to my discovery section on discovering the glory of God, I have my friend, longtime friend since childhood, Tom Slater. So, Tom, welcome to the Mango Times Podcast.
1: I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Excited.
0: So, can you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are, kind of life, family, career, maybe how we know each other, be kind,
1: no stupid stories? <laughs> oh, man, that's a whole other uh, podcast. Um, my name's Tom, and I grew up in San Jose Bay Area. Um, I moved to a rural town in, on the central coast called Napomo. Um, I'm married, I have a son and a daughter, two teenagers, and I'm an English teacher in a junior high school. And I know Fletcher, I think we met in Boy Scouts. And then, uh, we pretty much palled around through junior high and high school and, uh, have been friends ever since.
0: Yeah, that would have been about fifth grade, I think, when our, when our
1: schools merged. Yeah, I think we're going on about 40 years now, Fletcher. Wow. Yeah.
0: Great. So we're talking about, I'm talking about the glory of God in a lot of things. And I decided to start the podcast out with birding. So, how'd you get started in birding?
1: Um, in an unusual way. Um, I grew up with a naturalist father, and he would always point stuff out in the field when we were camping and backpacking. But I didn't really care. I was a rock climber and a surfer, and birds just didn't appeal to me. Um, but I had these three buddies, uh, in my forties and we would usually play poker. And one night we decided we were going to go to a movie instead. So we just randomly picked a movie. Um, it had Steve Martin, Jack Black and, um, Owen Wilson in it. So I just thought, Hey, that'll be a good comedy for a bunch of dudes to go see. So we went and it was called the big year. It was 2011 and little did I know the movie um, changed my life. It was, um, about, The 1998 um, competition for the big year, to see as many birds um, in a calendar year as you could, just a playful competition, no money, no prize money, um, no real glory, just um, something to do um, with your passion, kind of gives you a goal. But the movie just really appealed to me, and I started like... Two days later, I went out and got a, um, a field guide and some binoculars and went out into the backyard. And lucky for me, while I was out in the backyard, my seven-year-old son came out and said, hey, dad, what are you doing? And I said, I'm birding. And he said, can I do it too? So I grabbed another pair of binoculars and uh, he joined me and we've been doing it ever since. Ah, that's cool, So you know, yeah.
0: I think you showed me that movie as well. I mean, how could it go wrong, right? Jack Black Steve Martin? oh man, that's a win Stellar. so yeah. the term big year that's a term that's a thing, right?
1: yeah, I think it started in the nineteen thirties there There used to be this thing where they would go out and try and shoot as many birds they could in a day, and then Audubon came along, I think it was Audubon, somebody back then. And they decided, hey, instead of killing as many birds as we can in a day, let's just go out and try and identify as many birds as we could in a day. And then it kind of grew from there, um, and it, it didn't really get serious until, oh, 50s, started in the 30s, um, plowed through the 50s. You know, maybe there wasn't too many of them, and certainly nobody really knew about it because there wasn't social media and, and really even any magazines but as conservation, um, kind of, and uh, um, you know, the environment became bigger and bigger issues. Um, some really important big years happened in the 1970s, and then it kind of grew into a full-fledged thing in the 80s and 90s. Okay, so, so for yeah.
0: my listeners that may not, you know, they're just listening along, going, "Where do people find the glory of God in birding?" Give me a number. Like, what would have been a big year number when those three guys were competing?
1: Um, there's 10,000 species approximately in the world and in North America. So what, what it is, is is you can do a different types of big years, one for your city, one for your state, one for your North America world, big year. Um, but we're talking about, um, North American big years. So that would be the lower 48, um, Alaska and Canada. And uh, a big year number. I think the first was around 500 plus, and then it grew to 600. That was a big number, and then um, 700 was about as far as you could go. And then all of a sudden, you had um, the internet, and you had um, things like eBird. And so now the the biggest number I think is like 840 or something. Okay, because they're pretty
0: they're notifying people like, hey, there's a bird.
1: Yeah, you get little alerts, um, but there is also guiding companies, and you can have friends. You know, your just your social networking could put you in touch with a lot of people. Like, hey, come out here. There is a, you know, a pink footed goose. You know, in our town, come on over, and so you book a flight and head on over. Okay,
0: so, this so that's the kind of the extreme too, aspect of right? birding. Yeah, that's
1: the extreme aspect of birding. A lot of people just kind of enjoy it. Um, you know, walking walking to work, yeah. or their drive to work, or through their backyard, or, or their local uh, local wood patch.
0: Uh, what aspects of birding do you enjoy the most?
1: Um, it's been really fun to go out into the field and just, just meet people. Um, sometimes I'll go to um, the woods and I'll just you know, meet people with binoculars and you kind of know, okay, they're probably looking at birds and you strike up conversations. And then as you do that more and more, you begin to see the same people over and over and you begin to learn their names or where they're from. And eventually you exchange phone numbers and, and go out birding together. Um, so that's kind of fun. The other day I was out surfing and this guy paddled up on a red longboard and I've seen him a couple of times in the field and, uh, he had actually texted me the night before and gave me some tips on this rare bird and where to find it. So he just paddled out in the water and said, Hey Tom. I said, Hey Mike. He said, you see it. I said, I did. Thanks. It was right where he said it was going to be. So that was kind of cool. Um, just, you know, that, that kind of, it's like when you're a Christian and you meet and you meet somebody and instantly you have, um, a lot to talk about. Yeah, so a lot in it, there's
0: a community aspect then. Just totally. That, that finding of community. Yeah.
1: That's cool. Yep, And then travel is really cool. Basically, anywhere you go, you can see birds. Um, so Costa Rica, Arizona, Texas, yeah, Europe, anywhere. I like, cage
0: anywhere. Cage. I like the throat. Yeah, like Costa Rica. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I was, like was going to go so to Costa great. Rica this summer.
1: <laughs> you should. It's great. Kids <laughs> would thank you. All right. So my and,
0: big question for people on these is how do you find the glory of God? In birding mm. or in birds,
1: yeah. Well, um, okay. So, in Genesis, right, um, the fifth day. On the eighth day, God went surfing. But on the fifth day, <laughs> um, he created, you know, the 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 fish of the sea. And, and I, I loved whales growing up. I was a big, I thought I was going to be a marine biologist. I I love whales. Yeah. No, you Um, had a narwhal on your door. On my door. Yeah. And I had whale mugs and I was just a whale nerd. Um, so the other half of that day, um, were the, were were the birds of the air and, um, you know, to go see a whale, I got to drive to the coast, book a, book a, you know, a boat ride and then go out into the ocean and then get really, really lucky. Um, but with the birds, um, I can see them in my backyard, I can see them in my neighborhood, I can see them basically anywhere. So, you know, evidence of the of the creator can be found in various ways, but one of those ways is evidence in creation. Um, and today I was out uh, just walking through Osso and I saw tons of new fledgling birds, you know, just popping out of nests and, you know, trying out their wings and Um, you know, you, you're just seeing warblers from in the trees and thrushes, and it's just a really neat way to see the evidence of God. And, you know, Fletcher, if I could go back and, and be there on that fifth day and watch the skies erupt and just rain down, you know, a kaleidoscope of different species of birds. Um, I mean, that would be just fantastic you could get all the birds in one shot right there (laughs) yeah that's a Um, big day (laughs) yeah that would be a a one and done day but um so it's kind of neat you know um i think we take the creation for granted sometimes um you know we, we we you know we love mountains and streams and stuff but those kind of aren't really living and so it's you know it's neat to see things um, alive, I, you know, I, I'll leave my house in the morning with just, the the goal of just trying to go out and see nature, it's just see something that's alive and see evidence of God and, um, see all these pretty things and just marvel in the creativity, um, that he has, um, for, in creating these things. So. Yeah.
0: You see that in birds though, Im- immediately when you, yeah. when you pay attention, right. It's like some people aren't paying attention. And do you find yeah. that when you introduce people to birding? Like suddenly they yeah. go, Oh Yeah that's all around me.
1: Yeah. I'll see, you know, families walking out, um, across the boardwalk, whatever, and they're engaged in conversation, which is great. Um, and they'll kind of see me with my binoculars and, and sometimes I'll I'll just let them pass and, and I'll, I'll, I'll see this, you know, this awesome green heron in the weeds right so close to them, but you know, they're just not looking. So you, they don't see it. Um, and every once in a while I'll say, Hey, you guys want to see something cool? And they'll stop and come over and, I'll point it out and then their kids just flip um and then that's all they can talk about and you know i'll start pointing out some more birds and um so when when you're paying attention and, and you're looking for it you know you can find it but it's it is easy to miss um we're surrounded by uh, an amazing amount of creation uh, but we but we just don't know it
0: um all right so yeah that's that's amazing. I know when I've gone with you, the very first time you ever took me birding, like seriously, we went out to a, um, a reserve area just in the Valley here and it was winter and you were going to show me the, um, I think Ross's geese. I think that's what you wanted to show me or the flight of them. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Cause we were there like, yeah, it was Merced,
1: Merced National Wildlife Refuge and it was, um, sandhill cranes and the Ross's geese, snow geese. Um, ibis it's it was a, it was a fall migration and that's a spectacular moment to and when those to go take out off and,
0: and you see yeah you know a thousand birds taking off at once it's one of those things that kind of catches your breath yeah so yeah okay so do you have a favorite birding story for us
1: do I have am I limited to just one
0: oh, i don't know the power of editing
1: <laughs> yeah there you go um i'll tell i'll tell you a couple um, one was the seize the moment kind of thing. We were, we were leaving church and I was driving my kids. We were just getting on the freeway on ramp, but now the corner of my eye I saw a flock of cedar waxwings, which is a beautiful bird. You can Google it, look it up. Um, and I, and there were so many of them and it was a new bird for us. So I literally flipped a U-turn on the on ramp and flipped over to the off ramp. Um, and which is probably not advised, and I pulled over immediately off to the side and my kids and I just crawled out onto the hood of my truck and just watched as literally hundreds of cedar waxwings worked through the trees and ate the berries and um, it was just like nature show right there on exhibit. So that was really cool. Um, There was another one where it was just kind of chance and preparation came together. Um, Owen and I were out birding and we were inside this tree tunnel. So it had a wall and a a, a ceiling of, of just thickets and trees. You couldn't see the sky. And in the faint distance, we heard uh, a familiar sound, Um, one that we hadn't seen locally, but we had seen at Merced National Wildlife Refuge. And we realized that it was a sandhill crane. And those aren't in our county at all. So Owen and I began to run simultaneously, just instantly just running down this tree tunnel. I think we did about an 80-yard dash. And as we exited the tree tunnel and out onto the beach, it was right at the moment where the one single sandhill crane you know, flew right over our heads. And that was the last sandhill crane we saw in our County. Um, and that was about um, seven years ago. So that was pretty cool.
0: Uh, do you have a favorite bird?
1: Um, I always, my standard answer to that question, because people ask me a lot, I usually say the next new bird, um, just because it's such a, a thrill. Um, you know, like a kid on Christmas, when you see a new bird that you haven't ever seen and you just marvel in it. Um, that's always, you know, my answer, but if I had to pick one, it would be a rufus capped warbler. Um, it's from Mexico. It comes over once in a while in southeastern um, Arizona. And I was um, driving 12 hours from our town to basically Phoenix to pick up a trailer that we had bought. Um, and I found out that there was a rufus capped warbler three hours south of that. And I'm like, well, hey, I'm already 12 hours over here. What's another three? So uh, I dropped the, the trailer at a at a... Um, grocery store parking lot, and then drove three hours down, walked up the canyon, and then found the bird. Um, took bunches, bunch of pictures of it, and then really just sat there and appreciated it. I realized how how rare it was, how uh, what good fortune I was having, and it was just such a beautiful bird. Um, the stark colors of Rufus, kind of orange and white and yellow, it was just magnificent. So I just sat there and enjoyed it, and then I drove 15 miles home. <laughs> A long way to go for a bird.
0: <clears throat> yeah, um, that's awesome though. That's good. That's mm. that's a good. I like that answer. My next. Hey, can you tell us what um what's your what's your list numbers? What are your numbers right now?
1: Um, uh, eight forty one. And I researched that just because you said you're going to ask. But um, it's fun for me to count. You don't have to be a lister, but it's kind of fun to kind of keep track. because um, you really do kind of lose. Um, track. And you're like, did I see that bird? You know, and you're not quite sure if you'd seen it or not. Because Sometimes you only see these things once every decade. Um, so yeah, I keep track of where I was, who I was with. Um, and, and that's a fun thing. And then uh, I have a, a backyard list. I have about 90 that I species that I've seen um, in my backyard. So you can actually really see a lot, um, probably just from, you know, where you are, or at least a park nearby your house, if you live in a city or something. Um, for example, Central Park in New York is a fantastic place to go bird.
0: Now, I know this goes against everything I'm asking you about finding the glory of God and birding, but is there a Mm -hmm. bird you would be happy if you never saw it again?
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, like you said, like, like the Robin, you know, you see it a bunch and then you don't see it at all. And then all of a sudden you want to see it. Um, Mockingbirds are obnoxious at three in the morning. I wouldn't, you know, but they're also really pretty, um, in the day. Uh, California towhees are kind of just brown, um, kind of boring, maybe a bush tit. Those are kind of boring. Um, but I try not to let myself go there. I try to appreciate everything, you know, because it is something that God made. Um, we tend to be drawn towards colors, you know, the more spectacular colors is where we like it. Um, but you know, if you if you really start to get to know the bird and you start observing its its um, its habits and get to know it as a character, then it can become very interesting, even if it's visually very boring. So mm-hmm. that's what I watching think about feed, even... watching them feed, watching them build a nest, and
0: I tell that to people about bush tits when I see them because it's just a boring little bird, I think. But when you yeah. see them, like I think they buzz around like little bees, kind yeah, of jumping rocks. around, and mm-hmm. I always go, "Look, they look like." I mean, they're small too, so they go, they just look like glorified bumblebees yeah. all around. And so it's funny how when I've said that to people, and that just comes from you. That's you sharing your passion with me because nobody else I know is a birder. I mean, it's only you. So this is like the one one thing in life that you've shared with me that I go, oh, I'm, I'm running with it. And when I share a little bit of info with someone else, my kids, I'll be sitting in the backyard because the other thing is sounds. I mean, you yeah. just see, I see the glory of God and just all... They all talk differently. You know, yeah. just these little chips. And I can, I can stop and go, oh, there it is. There's our acorn woodpecker. He's back. Yeah. Which that's like nothing in my yard. There's so many of them. So, okay. There's different
1: languages out there.
0: Uh, and then lastly, um, so we've encouraged people and they say we want to get started. How do you get started in birding? How do you go from being a bird watcher? Well, maybe just from nothing to a bird watcher and then bird watcher to a birder.
1: Yeah. I mean, wherever it takes you, you know, you don't have to be, I tend to, you know, be a little fanatical about things I get into. I just kind of put in 110%. But yeah, you can enjoy it um, from your backyard with just a pair of binoculars. Um, I wouldn't advise watching birds without binoculars. Um, You'll lose interest. But when you have a pair of binoculars, you'll begin to see things um, about the bird that you wouldn't see with your naked eye. Um, And then, of course, the next question is, what am I looking at? Um, so a field guide is very handy and it's tricky at first. You don't know a sparrow from a warbler, from a vireo, from whatever. Um, so a field guide is really helpful. And then if you can, um, join a bird festival. There's probably bird festivals you know, near your house. Um, it accomplishes two things. It puts you in touch with other birders and you begin to learn. Um, and also, it goes your your, um, your fees for the for the festival go towards bird conservation. So, um, bird bird um, birds are in steep 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 decline. So, um, it kind of once you start to appreciate something, you start to care about it, and once you care about it, you want to take care of it. So, I think that's a good thing to remember: is you know we're stewards of this world, and um, you know there are a lot of birds out there that kind of need our help. So I'd like to preserve those things for the generations to come so they can see and appreciate God's glory, um, just like I've been able to.
0: Awesome. That's great. Hey, thanks for taking your time out of your day to uh, be on the Mango Times podcast. Yeah, baby. uh, That's it. That's Tom Slater, the glory of God in birding. All right. So that's the inaugural episode of Discover we talk about birding thanks to my good friend Tom Slater for joining me and thanks to you for listening if you have topics you want to talk about on the Discover series please reach out to me mangoandy at gmail.com you can go to the website themangotimes.com and hit let's connect you can find me on all the socials at the Mango Times and I would love to hear from you what topics should we discuss do you want to be a guest on the Mango Times podcast let me know Hey, thanks for listening. Have a great first day of summer, and we'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Mango Times podcast. Everything written and produced on this is by Andy Fletcher. If you're going to use it, steal it, borrow it, or share it on the internet, please just let me know. I don't care. I just want to know where my voice is being used out on the internet. And as a bit of a disclaimer, don't forget, Everything I recommend on this podcast, you should use discretion. Choose whether you should watch it, listen to it, eat it, try it, go there. But when you do, don't forget to quietly make some noise. Thanks for listening.